Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. Welcome to our podcast, Be You, Find Happy. Real life conversations about life and the pursuit of happiness. our podcast guest today, Gail Straub. Not only did she start a blog in 2014, she also is the host of a very popular podcast and she wrote a book. She's the founder of She Explores and the message is incredible. It's all about women and what they're finding in their empowered journeys on hiking trails and backpacking trips and everything outdoors, everything exploration. I can't wait to share her story with you. I've been looking forward to this all week, so I didn't want to. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Oh, so um, why can you start by telling everybody a little bit about who you are? Because you're amazing. Oh, well, um, I will say I'm really bad at talking about myself. So I'm just going to preface the whole entire conversation with that. Hysterical. (laughs) You're like a podcast host. (laughs) Yeah, but my my whole shtick is is talking with other people and highlighting other people's stories. Um, But all that to say, um, I'm Gail. I host a podcast called She Explores. And um, I started a blog, um, she-explores.com back in 2014. So she explores the podcast is really an extension of that. Um, and I live in New Hampshire. I grew up in New Hampshire. I never thought I would, um, choose New Hampshire to be my home again, but, um, I really enjoy living here and, um, I have lots of great access to hiking trails and the ocean. And does the Appalachian trail end there or? Yeah. So the Appalachian trail runs up through New Hampshire and ends in, um, Maine after the hundred mile wilderness on Mount Katahdin. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a dream. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that uh, we have the Pacific Crest Trail here, but but I've never done any part of the Appalachian at all. Obviously, having not been that side too too much, so that's definitely on my bucket list. Mm, yeah, and it's I mean it's just you know just like the PCT, it's so surreal to think that there's a trail that you know goes that far that you could start on one path and and end you know in in Georgia I think which is where it ends um if you're heading south I watched a movie that was really cool on Netflix about a guy who ran it oh wow yeah Yeah. and he set the world record (laughs) and the prior world record holder actually supported him along the way like met up with him and and you know brought him a pizza and stuff like that and I thought <laughs> that's just the team spirit of hiking right there you know yeah well the competition is so in so many other types of sports or outdoor adventures you know yeah yeah that's very true it's really nice so what inspired you to start she explores the blog back in 2014 yeah um so i was working in um cambridge right next to boston um and my i'd been dating my now partner of seven years for about a year in 2013 when we decided that we wanted to take a year and travel around the United States. We kind of thought like we were both in positions where we weren't seeing the possibility of, 
of growth. Like we were both at jobs that we weren't sure that we were going to be able to be promoted in. Um, there wasn't like a clear track that way. So we figured if we were going to pivot or um, change jobs, like why not um, do it intentionally? Um, so what we did was we saved for a year and a half and we built out a sprinter van and we traveled around the United States for a year. And um, as I was saving, I started thinking about what I wanted to do with that time. Like, obviously I wanted to go to national parks and, and hike all around the country and visit friends and family who don't, don't live in new England. But I also wanted to take that opportunity to, um, to create something that I wanted to put energy into that I wouldn't have had time to do while I was working a nine to five job. Um, so I thought about She Explores a lot. I thought about um, the kind of community and like the kind of um, content that I wanted to read and what, and I wasn't seeing it then. There's kind of been this like whole uprising of women in the outdoors since, um, since around the time I started She Explores, which is awesome. Like, but then there just weren't too many places uh, for for women on the internet. And I think um, it's awesome to see all the different organizations that exist now, but then I was just wanting something like She Explores, so I decided to start it. That's incredible. Um, so many things that you said, kind of, I, I jotted little notes on, but one of the things that came to mind just in the last couple seconds that you were talking is that in 2012, I hiked to the top of Mount Whitney. And um, it, it's interesting how few women were on the trail then. Mm. And, um, you know, that's, I, I would consider that to be a pretty bucket list trail for hikers. But um, in the last couple of years, I've crossed paths with so many more women, you know, especially in uh, the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And I think that's just awesome. More women who are even solo hiking. I, I was with a, a friend and her husband, but, you know, this, the solo hiking for females has really kind of exploded, I think, as well, even in the last year or two. Yeah, yeah, it really has. And I think that that's um, because of, uh, you know, I, I, in large part, it's because of media changing the kind of stories that are being told about women um, and the different communities that have come up in the past five years. Like I think about, you know, Women Who Hike, which is founded by Nicole Brown, or there's... Um, there's, you know, and she's dope too, which is a, an organization that's based out of Utah. So they do a lot of events, um, bringing women together. There's just like a lot of, a lot of communities that are supporting that. And then on top of that, because there's been this kind of grassroots movement with, um, organizations like women who hike or nonprofits like outdoor women's Alliance, or even, you know, small media companies like she explores, um, that has led to, companies changing the way that they talk about women and their marketing. So REI did this whole force of nature campaign that they launched in the spring of 2017. And for the rest of 2017, they only featured women in their advertising. And that was a conscious decision that they made because um, there was this, you know, rise up of people saying like, we're out here too. Um, and also we want more women to be out here too. So um, it's really cool to see the kind of trickle up effect that these uh, grassroots organizations have had on an industry that used to be known for being pretty stodgy, but is um, getting better all the time. 
Well, and, and even, and even you, I mean, we have to give credit that the women that you've had, um, you know, on the blog, on the podcast, 73 year old ladies, you know, just, a, just a variety of different types and their inspiring stories. Um, you know, your, your whole thing is at least from what I can tell is, uh, outdoor intersecting life, you know, and, and all the ways in which that happens. And, so I think much credit to you too. Oh, thanks. What you're doing there. <laughs> I remember living in San Diego uh, back in 2004, 2005, and um, having grown up in Sierra Nevada mountains, moving down there, you know, I was always hiking Cowles Mountain, which is like their little blip compared to the Sierra Nevadas, but that's what we had. And, um, and it was kind of like a, the hippie poo poo thing to do, you know, <laughs> was to go for a hike instead of like hitting the beach and doing the surf, but I did it anyway. And, uh, and now all my friends in San Diego are posting pictures on Iron Mountain and Cal's Mountain and all sorts of things. And it's like, that's awesome to finally see it not being such a taboo or dorky thing to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because there's so many positive, you know, health benefits that you get from from going out and hiking. And it's, it's also fairly, um, you know, in terms of barriers to entry besides some of the cultural aspects of like depending on how you feel when you're on the trail from an equipment standpoint it's not like you need so many really expensive fancy things absolutely i was just chatting with uh, sonny mccandless a couple weeks ago about my first experience on a um, big big hiking trip with some people from san francisco they they had clearly gone to rei and bought everything that rei had you know and <laughs> and here we had nothing <laughs> but they did introduce me to jet boil which was like amazing <laughs> yeah yeah jet boil's great <laughs> oh so great yeah, french press coffee on the trail and all that stuff <laughs> So, uh, so you've got, oh gosh, how many episodes now on the podcast? Uh, just, uh, this week released the 109th episode. Wow. Yeah. I, you're such an inspiring person. To me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so honored to have you on. Um, so out of 109, you probably have a lot of favorites and, you know, but can, can you pick one or two favorite stories or favorite guests? Yeah. Um, so when I look back and think about the episodes that I've um, been able to produce, uh, I, the ones that I get the most satisfaction out of and like feel really good about in the end are often the ones that um, I worked with another person on. So one that comes to mind for me um, right away is this one that I put out last summer and I worked on it, you know, it took a lot longer than a typical episode. Like it was more than just like recording conversation and then editing it down. Um, but I worked with Taryn Ayton who has a blog called happiest outdoors. And she had emailed me about her grandmother and um, told me that her grandmother had taken a bike packing trip in the 1940s uh, during world war two um, as like a little week vacation when she was working at Boeing at, um, helping to build like sections of bombers during world war ii so she's a woman working at a factory um during that time and taryn told me about that and told me about how when she learned that her grandmother had taken that trip it was just such a surprise for her it wasn't the way that she saw her grandmother she saw her grandmother as like you know a grandmother figure kind of a provider like family was really important adventure wasn't something that seemed like her grandmother prioritized so when she told me about that, I was like, 
is your grandmother still with us by any chance? And, right. um, <laughs> and she, she is, she was, and she is. And, um, I, I, I mailed a recorder to Taryn and she had a conversation wow. with her grandmother and then, wow. um, and then I got to edit that and also had a conversation with Taryn about it so that we got to kind of cut it all up and turn it into an episode. And it was really special for me because one, I don't often get to have voices that are, you know, who have so much wisdom on the show. Like I often, you know, I, people, I find people who are closer to my age often, or, or people gravitate towards me who are closer to my age. And it just felt like such a gift to have someone who had that many years of life <laughs> under her belt. Um, and then it was really just besides getting this peek into her life and that trip for her and how special that was. It was also just like really nice to give myself like on a, in a more selfish standpoint, like the opportunity to think about my own grandmother and what I would have asked both of them if they were still with us. And like the, the kind of things that I wish I'd asked and recorded um, when, when they were there. So but that episode's really special to me because I think that a lot of people have these, um, impressions of who their grandparents are or who the people are that are a couple generations away from them, but you don't really know. And it, it's always worth taking the time to ask. It, and so in such a creative way to send her the recorder and, and all of that, and to have that experience of, of, um, you know, kind of tapping back into something that she would be familiar with versus just doing it over the phone or something. I think that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I've done that a few times. Um, I sent a recorder to Jamie Shear, who uh, went to the the Flash Foxy Women's Climbing Festival in Bishop, California. And so she went and interviewed all these people. And then we worked on it together and turned it into a podcast episode. So those episodes take a lot more time, but they, I feel like they have such a strong payoff in terms of like the listening, the listener experience. And then also sure. to be able to get a different perspective. Cause I'm always talking to people. I've always, I don't know. It's always, everything's kind of coming through my lens and like, you know, things get, narrow when you're when there's only one perspective um sure yeah and and the other thing you said about you know tapping into to grandparents and their wisdom and and that kind of thing and we do we do see them from you know when we start to have memory they're old and that's all they are they're just old <laughs> and then and then to kind of look at them as like humans that had a youthful experience and and what they may have done that that you know, created some of what you, how you are and who you are too, you know? Yeah. They have, uh, I feel like in America, we don't tap into the gifts from our elders as much as we could be. Completely agree. Yeah. There's it's such a youth obsessed culture, which is shitty. <laughs> right. It really is. I, I, I love, um, I'm turning 40 this year. And so, uh, you know, all my family's been jabbing me and giving me a hard time about it. And I absolutely love aging gracefully. I just feel like it's such a rite of passage and such an honor. And, mm -hmm. um, so I'm embracing that. And, and I find myself too, also, uh, wanting to connect more with my grandma and spend more time with her and understand her upbringing and her perspective. And that's, that's been an interesting part of, um, my own aging process, you know? Oh, you're so lucky to have her. <laughs> I do. And she's British and ornery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's interesting how, um, 
you know, I try to talk about feministic topics with her and it's not up for discussion. Mm. It's, it's very interesting how she's just completely kind of walled that idea off. It's, 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 it's very special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually something they came up a bit with um, Taryn and her grandmother to just that gap in terms of what, what's possible for for women or what you know what her grandmother kind of thought was possible for herself too so um it is interesting to think about how that's changed over the past uh, with her grandmother it was like 70 something years like her grandmother's 94 i think um and you know what just how much has changed in the past like 70 years and also how the ways we're going forward and also you know moving backwards in terms of what's happening in the united states right now yeah yeah so much good dialogue that um at least we're trying to start (laughs) yeah yeah totally um, so do you have a most hysterical adventure? Obviously, um, you, you took this intentional trip kind of across the United States to, to see what you wanted to do. What, did anything unfold during that journey that, that you reflect on as, as being a learning experience or something funny, even funny. Mm, I, I wish I had like a great, like look back on it and laugh, um, experience, but I feel like it's been, it was mostly just car issues so we had a um a sprinter van a 21 foot long sprinter van that was big enough to have actually a queen size mattress in the back so we wanted it to be comfortable like a a rolling bedroom um and all of the kind of hijinks ended up being around like issues that would come up with the van so the one um the one thing that was kind of funny was that we didn't have any breakdowns, which was fantastic. Um, our transmission blew when we got home, but while we were on the road, no, no issues oh with, yeah, no issues, um, mechanically. But the one thing that happened was we were visiting a friend of mine, um, who was working as an intern at a winery in Sonoma County and, you know, great mooch, like great person to visit while you're on the road. Sure. And we were, we were parked at her, at the winery she was working at, I think it was like Peterson winery or something. And um, we actually had only one key to the van um, and my partner snapped it when he was trying to open up the van. (laughs) So we were not able to leave. We actually spent the whole weekend camped at like a really, a fancy winery (laughs) parking lot. And it was great. It was like the perfect place to like, quote unquote, break down. Like we just like had wine and like went to like, went into town with our friends and stuff. And we got it fixed a few days later. Um, It was like kind of a unique fix just because of the type of van and stuff. But it was a, it was a good place to break down. You guys probably started the hashtag van life movement. Oh, no. <laughs> Foster Huntington started that. But yeah, it was um, <laughs> it was pretty new then. I think it's hysterical that it's a thing because I grew up in a 27-foot fifth wheel with no running water and no electricity. Wow. And there was nothing glamorous about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just needed Instagram like 25 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's all the, it feels like this, like, wave that I keep thinking is going to peak, like, I feel like, you know, it feels like a trend, but I don't think it's really a trend, it seems like it's, it's like a way of life for a lot of people. People are just migrating back to their roots. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I see, I have friends and stuff who keep building bigger houses, and I'm like, nope, I'm good, Mm -hmm. I I like my little, small, humble house in the mountains, it's (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I know. But the bigger, 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 like that's, ugh, I don't know. There's just, I, I wonder about some of those houses, especially if you have kids, you're like, do you, are you just trying to get away from your family? Like, right. <laughs> the point of this oh I have a micro family so we're used to it's just me my husband and son so we're used to being you know kind of a tight pod oh that's sweet that's nice cramming into small spaces together (laughs) (laughs) so uh what about do you have a biggest celebrity that you've had on the podcast Ooh, you know, it's, um, one of the things I really try not to, like, as much as I, I, I try to have a mix of people on the show. So like, I don't ever try to have like people who are on the show just because they're Insta famous, like just because they have a lot of followers. Um, I, I choose people for their story and I love having people on who maybe don't aren't even, um, don't even have like a presence online or it, they or they have a story that is worth uplifting so more people can see it. It's not something that's been told over and over again. But in terms of like the most, I guess, kind of the most famous person would probably be Cheryl Strayed. Um, and Shut up! I didn't know you had her on! <laughs> yeah, well, I actually didn't get to interview her. This was another um, instance where... I worked with someone else on it. So my um, good friend, Anna Bronis, um, who's an artist, and she goes to Mountain Film um, every year, which is a film festival in Telluride. And she's there now. It's actually going on now. And um, she got to meet Cheryl um, a, a couple of years before, and they had kind of connected. And Cheryl bought her book. And um, my friend was like, hey, would you like me to interview Cheryl for you? Uh, and I was like, yes, like, please, like, that'd be great. So um so we got to we got to do that and um, wow. got to have her on the show that way and wow. I actually she she did text my friend and said that we did a great job on the episode and I I, I joked that I was gonna print it out and put it on my my wall but I didn't and maybe I should like maybe I need that little reminder to stop like that she wow. liked the episode yeah you've got to take those compliments when they come <laughs> yeah you do and it's hard to do that sometimes when you're you know when you got your head down. <laughs> Uh, my Cheryl Strayed story, I was reading her book um, after my son was born, and then we listened to the audio version of Wild on the way to Mount Whitney, and we hiked oh, wow. in a day, so we started at midnight with our permit and summited around 10 a.m. and then made it back down by five. So it was um, an incredible, incredible experience. And the whole thing just kind of, it was just so neat listening to, you know, so much about the John Muir Trail, Pacific Crest and all that. And then being on Whitney was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Have you read any of her other um, writing? You know, I haven't. And I'm an avid, uh, so I'm a writer and I'm an avid reader and I haven't. Um, All of Brene Brown stuff though, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All of uh, Elizabeth Gilbert and all those kind of inspirational women as well that run in those circles. But I really should pick up some of her newer stuff. So this would be a good time to talk about your book. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Talk to me about your book. How awesome. Yeah, so um, the book is its basically the culmination of um, four or five years of work. So um, in that, it is, a, it is a great reflection of what she explores is. So it's a 200-page-ish um, full-color photo um, book that features 40 women who um, are – 
reflective of like what we do at She Explorers in, in some way. Um, and there are women who've been on the podcast often. There are women who we featured um, on the blog. They're artists. They're, um, some of them are travelers. There's always an intersection and overlap with the outdoors. So um, some of the women in the book, um, like one example is, um, let me see, I think of a good person. Well, so one person is Gretchen Powers, who's a photographer, and she actually writes about her mother and the inspiration that she's found from her mom um, and the way that her mom introduced her to the outdoors. And then she also talks about a little bit how um, she's worked through some of her, not issues, but some of her experiences with um, depression and anxiety um, in the outdoors. And my goal with the book was to try to reflect as many different experiences and people as possible. So there's topics of like mental health, there's topics of creativity, there's topics of like entrepreneurship, there's topics of um, advocacy. Um, I, I really want people to be able to like open up the book, see a little bit of themselves reflected, and then also um, learn about other people um, that way, which is also what I hope for people when they listen to the podcast or go on Instagram or, or uh, go onto the blog. And one of the things that's coming to mind for me when you're talking about this, and, and that's, th that book just sounds like it'll be such an empowering tool for, for so many women. Um, and it, it sounds like it kind of lays out like a coffee table book, right? So it could even be left at certain maybe tourist hotels where hiking is, is relevant, relevant or something like that. Yeah, you're right. That's a really good idea. Um, it is kind of a coffee table book in that it's one that you can pick up and put down. Um, and then in between, so they're basically first person profiles. Um, so per first person stories from the women. What I did was I interviewed them and then turned their answers into first person narratives and then got um, approval from them. So they read through each draft to make sure that they were okay with exactly how they um, were coming across and that it sounded like them. Um, and so there's these 40 profiles with with, um, photographs and their words and then there's also in between the profiles um, and slipped in or some practical tips like some how to's in terms of um, you know tips for solo hiking is one of the sections or um, you know what you might want to have in your camp kitchen uh, so it's it's both inspirational but it's also kind of grounded in some of the practicalities of spending time outside. It's like Annie Lebowitz meets the How to Do It books. <laughs> oh wow, that's fantastic! So when you were when you were on this trip to set this intention for what you wanted to generate in your life, did you visualize all of this that has kind of come to fruition for you? Did you did you picture this? Oh, definitely not. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I wanted it to grow and I wanted people, I wanted it to resonate with people, but I, I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to predict what it has turned into, um, which is great. Like, I'm glad I didn't totally know. Um, I didn't know that I would be, when I was listening to podcasts while we were traveling, I never thought that I would create a podcast, you know? Um, and I certainly didn't think that a book would be something that, would be something that I put together, but it feels pretty natural how it's evolved. But it's, um, yeah, I think that the, the intention in terms of the kind of stories, the kind of people, the kind of art that can come out of um, how we feel when we're spending time outside, that's always been the constant. And then these other ways of expressing it have just changed over time in terms of, in terms of mediums. <laughs> 
it, isn't it incredible how things unfold when your spirit is aligned? <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I'm constantly amazed when I listen to people's stories and even reflect on my own, how, um, how setting intention in, you know, it's such a powerful tool to manifest your reality. So incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so there, I did kind of want to talk to you about, you know, Instagram, social media versus the podcast and, and how you're kind of tying all that together. And now with the introduction of the book and using all these different mediums, do you have a favorite? Do you, do you um, have one you gravitate towards more naturally and one that you have to work out a little bit harder or? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, I will, I do want to call out that I have, um, I do have a, a small a team that I work with. Um, so it's not just me who works on She Explores. We also have a sister brand called Women on the Road, um, which is kind of an extension of, of what I started when I was traveling. Um, but it's kind of turned into its own um, sister brand, which is really fun and cool. Um, but in terms of what I gravitate towards, I definitely... I think that one begot the other. So the blog was always supported by Instagram in terms of like, how, how do you get people to find it? Like we don't have a super SEO friendly site. Like we're not trying to use keywords to, to get people from Google to spend some time on the site. It's all mostly word of mouth and then through social media. So they kind of support each other that way. Um, but in terms of like what I gravitate towards or what I enjoy spending the most time on, I, I definitely enjoy spending the most time on the podcast. Like I love editing. I love like compressing a 90 minute conversation into 40, five minutes or, or 30 minutes or whatever length of time it needs or it feels right for that person's story. Um, and I love the end product of someone who is featured or the people who are featured on the episode, listening to it and hearing their stories and kind of getting to get a feel for like how other people might see them and what's important to them in the world. So I love, um, I love the podcast as a medium the, the most. I struggle at times with social media just because, uh, you know, there's, I, I'm, I'm sure as you feel, there's algorithms and there's like things that you're, uh, it feels like a game that people are trying to figure out sometimes. And um, I don't know. I just want people to to take a little bit of time and, and read a caption. And I think that the thing that I really like about podcasting as a medium is that people, um, when you choose to listen and you make it through the whole thing, uh, you've kind of built a relationship with the listener and there is this um, attention that happens that maybe doesn't happen as easily with social media, but I don't know. Sometimes I also feel like uh, I'm, I'm not old. Like I'm, I'm 33, but I also feel like sometimes I feel, I don't know. Sometimes I just, I'm, I'm not as, uh, it doesn't come as naturally to me, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just having so much countertransference, a little psychotherapy word on so much of what you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to stay quiet. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can, I can completely relate to so much of what you're saying. And um, especially like, you know, the podcast is a new thing for us. So that you, so we're you know, 15, 16 episodes in now. And um I never, ever, ever in a million years thought I would host a podcast, um, but it is definitely one of my favorite, favorite mediums that I've used. And it, and I think it's because of, I, I love to engage with people 
and I love, I've always been, um, you know, my, my undergrad work is journalism and I've always been enthralled by the story. And even with photos, photojournalism was always my, was always my thing was telling the story, you know? Mm-hmm. And so much of my own journey has kind of led me to where I am in the way. And, you know, for years I was kind of just this flounder just kind of washing up on shore and tumbling in the, in the tide and then coming back. And just kind mm. of, Oh, that looks fun. And going down all these different paths, but I've really realized everything in my life has stacked up like a, like bricks to build the foundation for what is now. And even, even going back when I was in college, um, I worked for newspapers, but I worked in sales and marketing at the, at the time that tech was really starting to rise. And um, my, I worked at newspapers because I was going to be a journalist and I was going to do that. But sales and marketing is where the money was. So I went down that path and then that led into a job where I was um, public speaking and traveling and doing speaking engagements about our product. So I kind of learned how to be in front of people and I worked at a radio station and and kind of learned the disc jockey world and, and the <laughs> audio world and uh, and then obviously published a couple of books and kind of took that writing path and and now I feel like everything, all of those little experiences have tied in to help make the podcast what it is. And then just when I think I'm like, yeah, this is it, you know, then something happens. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I got to do what? You know? <laughs> so um, it, it is an interesting thing. And for me, my, um, you know, what you were even saying earlier about the people that you have on the podcast, for me, it's always about, it's always rooted in that idea of staying true to who you are and finding happiness and, and the psychotherapy piece. Cause eventually after I left sales and marketing, I became a psychotherapist and started the, that, that practice of, um, you know, helping others in that way. And so, um, it, for me, the, the podcast is, is a way to express and share. And, and I'm, and I love that. I love that part of it, but then, you know, and even like you talk about editing it down and, and getting really kind of the nitty gritty on, on the geeking out on Adobe edition and and spending hours (laughs) with my, my headsets on and stuff. But then I think about, um, you know, what it takes to really get it out there and realize sometimes I feel very overwhelmed, you know? Mm. Yeah, the mar- the the marketing piece of it, and then also I'm sure, you know, writing the show notes and building the you know all the kind of admin work that goes supports it. Um, it's all necessary, but it takes a lot of time and it can take a lot of energy. It really does. And I have a partner in this thing, and all she does is show up once a month, and I'm talking to you, Savannah. <laughs> she shows up once a month and records. But I I feel like I need her because um, when we do an episode, just her and I, it grounds me. It ties me back into what the purpose was and she's Mm. the one who told me to start the star podcast (laughs) um but it does take away time for me it takes away time from writing I have a book that's that's due to an agent in just a couple weeks and um you know I sit down on the computer to edit a podcast and go well there went two hours like (laughs) (laughs) so so how do you balance how do you balance um you know, all of these different, I know you have a team of people, but how do you sit down to prioritize to kind of make it happen? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, our team, ha- everyone has very um, kind of siloed roles. So, so Laura Hughes hosts the women on the road podcast and is kind of in, in, in charge of all things women on the road. And then I, I do the full, she explores podcast, like everything related to it. Um, show notes, um, editing, all the, all that jazz, everything. Um, and then um, Haley Hurst uh, does our, 
um, is basically the blog editor. So she works with people to um, create the the blog content. So, and she's a very visual person. She creates these beautiful um, pieces and she also does some graphic design work. She's very talented. And then this other, um, another woman, Noelle helps us out. Um, Noelle um, Russell helps us with brand partnerships. So she has those, those conversations. She does the selling piece, which I'm not the best at. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is hard. Um, so in any case, and for balance for me, um, I mean, sometimes I'm not good at balance. Like if, if I'm totally honest, like people are always like, how do you fit in time for the outdoors? And I don't fit in time for the outdoors every day. Like that would be great, but I don't. Um, and I work more hours than I ever worked as, uh, when I worked, I used to work in public accounting and we had a busy season, which was mandatory 55 plus hours a week. And I work more hours now, um, but I enjoy the work more. So it's a different kind of work. Um, so in terms of balance, I'm not always the best person to ask, but I think I liked when it comes to the outdoors, I, I got to interview Florence Williams, who's the, um, author of a book called The Nature Fix. And she basically wanted to figure out if on a scientific level, like how does nature impact you and how much nature should you have in your life? And she basically came out with it at the end saying it's no matter what small pieces of nature you get, they're beneficial. And yes, it's great to go into the back country for a week. It's also great to go for an overnight camping. It's great to go for a day hike. It's great to walk through a city and pay attention to little bits of like greenery that you see in a city. So I, I like to, I do think about my life and that I try to walk to a coffee shop and I get the, that like little slice of nature. Then I do enjoy going on, you know, a couple night backpacking trips and I do try to make time for those. Um, so I try to do the spectrum of <laughs> experiences in nature but I also am give myself some, I guess, grace in that I am not always able to do that. And I can't, I can't beat myself up about it. But um, in terms of balance for the podcast, like I love working on it. I love editing it. So, um, so it It doesn't doesn't always, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't always feel like work. And there's other stuff that goes into those hours. Like I, I don't know. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of like what I do every day, but (laughs) I'd love to get into the nitty gritty, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, so a couple of things that I've just kind of noticed, um, and it ties into a lot of what you're talking about, even with your book and, and things like that is, um, is the road for recovery. And you even just kind of mentioned how, you know, the nature, how nature can reduce depression and and things like that. Um, What did you learn about yourself when you were on your journey? And um, what do you think is the biggest thing for people who maybe are struggling with um, addiction issues or depression or things like that? And not to say that you had it on your journey, but just how powerful being with yourself in nature can be as a tool. You know, I, I definitely have grown up a lot in the last five years. So I started She Explorers and thinking about She Explorers when I was 26, 27, and now I'm 33. So there is a lot of just learning that goes on in that time. Um, but I've also had the benefit of having, you know, hundreds of conversations with people and hearing about their experiences. And that has helped shape 
so many different aspects of my life. And I've also built, you know, real life relationships with a lot of women who've been part of the show um, or part of She Explores in some way. So it's, um, you know, it's hard to peel apart specific learnings or specific growth. Um, but I did learn traveling with my partner for a year that I need space for myself. I knew that going into it, but I really knew it after spending a year um, within wow. a van. Um, we, <laughs> we are still together and it only strengthened our relationship traveling in that way, but it definitely um, reminded me that I need to set boundaries for myself. And I have to set boundaries for myself all the time in doing this work too, just in terms of like what I can give to every, to people just because I hear from a lot of people and, you know, people want advice on starting things or they want to tell me their story or, you know, there's, it's just, it can feel like a lot sometimes. Um, so I have to say, you know, I have time for certain things, but I don't have time for everything. Cause I, I just don't. Um, but I think, um, yeah, hearing other people's stories, talking to other people has helped me work through feelings that I have around certain subjects, because I found that one of the reasons I love podcasting is that I'm, I'm very introspective, but I'm not always good at self self-reflection. Um, and hearing from other people can be a bit of a mirror for me and can help me work through, through certain things. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like even just something, if something happens in the news, I'm like, well, what, what does this other person think about it? And then it helps me kind of come up with my own formulation. Not that I'm, you know, mimicking them, but just it's another perspective to, to bounce my own off of. Well, and one of the things I loved is, um, you know, balancing saying no and, and, and maybe kind of making choices that are aligned with what you want to do and, and having to, you know, having to say no sometimes. And that, that is such a challenge for me. So mm-hmm. uh, mirroring what you're saying there. Absolutely. I love one of your recent posts you said um, about savoring the top of the mountain or the top of the summit. And, um, you know, as an avid hiker, I, I think sometimes you work so hard to get there and then, yeah, you snap the picture or whatever. And, it, and you're just like, okay, we got to get back down, you know, before, before we lose daylight or whatever. And that moment of taking that time to really reflect on what you have done and what you have built. I, I loved, I loved that caption that you put on one, on one of your recent pictures. Was that, I actually don't know if I wrote that, that might've been Laura Hughes, um, <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> It's okay. Well, I can't remember. Take it back. <laughs> no, I love the. I definitely love the concept, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so kind of in 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 spending the last couple minutes together talking about women on the road. Um, I have a long trip coming up. I'm going to be doing five days in the Sierra Buttes in July. Um, it's really going to be my. I've done so much camping, so much hiking, but this is really going to be my first time, kind of doing a long stretch like that. Do you have any like go-to hike bag must-haves or tips and advice, anything like that? Mm, well, for hiking, I I mean, I always carry. I'm sure you do too, just where you come from, photojournalism. But I I always carry a camera because I I love experiencing nature through a lens. Um, so I actually wasn't going to bring the darn thing because it's oh, so heavy. Oh, I always I bring it. I mean, mine weighs like four pounds and I still bring it, which is uh, a little nuts. Because I, <laughs> there but, goes my water. Yeah. 
um, I, yeah, I think that it's, it, it, you know, everyone says hike your own hike. It's just about doing what works for you and going as far as you want to go. And um, I think sometimes, you know, especially where you're going to be on a road trip, it's tempting to like fit a, a lot in. Um, and one of the, the I will say mistakes that my partner and I made when we traveled for years that we moved too too quickly we moved too often we didn't let ourselves stop and relax and just be in a place and um, even on a smaller road trip you can take you know when you can try to take the opportunity to just appreciate where you are and um, and be still for a bit as tempting yeah. it is to be always on the move I so I love that um, and so we're actually hike it's a five-day hike oh, oh okay but, cool. but that's a great <laughs> point about yeah. um, about spend not being like hustling through from we got to get there but really enjoying the scenery along the way that's a really really great point yeah and I did a five-day backpacking trip with um, my friend Julie Hotz who's both in the book and um, has been on the podcast a couple times and has her own podcast unrooted which is great <laughs> so a little shout out for her oh yeah um, I've heard that I've actually heard that oh yes. good um, and so she it's, I did a five-day trip with her um, and a few other women um, and one of the things I loved about the way she planned the, the backpacking trip is that she actually baked in a full zero day, just like out, out in the Sierra, in the Sierras. And we didn't go anywhere. And I actually was kind of, I packed really quickly and I um, didn't really think about the fact that I'd have a whole day where I had nothing to do. <laughs> and I didn't bring I a that. book. I didn't bring, I had like no way of entertaining myself. And for a little bit, I was like kind of panicked about it. Like, I'm going to be alone with my thoughts. Like for a whole day like <laughs> am I prepared for this and it ended up being it ended up being great so um that's yeah a great idea yeah baking in a little time I eat I ate like a whole bag of jelly beans like jelly belly jelly beans <laughs> like just like enjoyed every single flavor which you never you know I would never do that in my like everyday life so I love that I think I'm gonna bring a bag of jelly beans <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my brother-in-law works for Patagonia, so he's he's got it. He, we're going, my husband and I, with him and his girlfriend, and so he's getting us all set up on the list. But I'm so used to, um, you know, we're, we're usually in small spaces, but I tend to bring, I, I just feel like I could slim down a little. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't need to bring the, the everything for the what if that could happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun to bring, that? oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's what, what, go ahead. I was just going to say it's fun to bring like a little luxury item though sometimes like the the thing that makes you feel like you even though it's not something you need to have for a hike like it's not essential to survival but um that little like that little extra thing like for me it's the four pound camera for someone else that might be um some like colored chapstick or maybe it's deodorant you know like the, the yeah. thing that kind of is that little luxury item and that's not necessary I like that I like that how about since we're kind of on the topic of minimalism what about low waste suggestions do you have any um ideas there on uh you know ways to, to save space and and generate less waste mm, you mean um while hiking backpacking yeah 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 I actually just interviewed a woman this week um and her episode talks about low waste camping and um 
she she made the point of at least for card camping the bulk of the waste that you have is is centered around food so it's the packaging that you have for food so i feel like with backpacking it's you're you're a little less likely to have that as being an issue you know like you're usually gonna have reusable containers and stuff but you know if you can buy a bulk and use like cloth bags like that's better um i feel like with backpacking the thing to do would probably be to keep a little extra room in your pack and, and pack out what you find out there if yeah. possible, especially the last day. Um, oh, because I, I feel that. like that's probably the best way you're going to have an, you know, a positive impact or to leave it better wow. than you found it. Oh, I love that. That is the, you know, that's a great idea. I think <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> Just and maybe so- not the first day if you, if you don't want the extra weight. <laughs> And the trash. I love that. No, that's so fantastic. Um, and so just my, my own personal, <laughs> um, what, what do you recommend for Savannah and I in the way of, you know, podcast life? Do you have any advice for us? Mm. I, I mean, I think, I, I feel like you, I mean, you're a great interviewer. Like I feel very comfortable. You're super warm. Um, so oh, that's good news. so I, I, I imagine you're great to listen to. Um, I think it's, you know, take breaks when you need to, because it, it can take a lot. Um, like you said, taking those hours to edit or, you know, doing kind of the, the business side of it, like that can be hard. Um, I think that your listeners are still going to be there if you take a few weeks off. Um, especially once they subscribe and sometimes it can actually be good for listenership to give, let episodes breathe a little bit more people can go back and find, you know, your archive. Um, I like that. Yeah. And I also think, um, you know, once you have a bunch of episodes, you know, it won't hurt at some point probably to like revisit old ones and like promote them or, um, post them in the feed when you do want a week off. Um, I love that. And, uh, I, I love that permission. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like, I think the hardest part is growing an audience, I think. Um, Cause I, I feel like there are certain times of the year, even when people are more likely to listen than other times. Like we found that late summer is a great time. I think days are longer. People are traveling, they're listening. You know, if you're in a car, you're more likely to listen to a podcast than if you're doing other things, like the holidays tend to be a little lower. I'm not sure why people are just busy with family. Um, sure. So just, I also don't, take too much stock in the statistics. So like, I try, I try not to look at them too often. I personally don't read reviews. Um, like as much as I appreciate them, I just can't, I'll internalize them. And I just can't, I just choose not to, um, I don't, I don't need someone to tell me what my, that they don't like my voice or something like that. That's been hard for, we got our first like kind of negative review and I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's, you know, it's just one person and even so to, to just to keep knowing, like you said, like you've set an intention, like you are working on a path towards something, just keep, keep aligning yourself to that and you'll really enjoy what you put out and people will enjoy it too. The right people, the people who, who um, need it are going to find it. And that's going to be 
positive for you both. Uh, I love that. Well, th- this has been such a treat for me to get to talk to someone with such an incredible podcast who interviews so many incredible women and, and has so many great stories to share. And, um, you know, just in hearing even your passion about what you do, it just, it, it lights, it lights me up. So oh. <laughs> I, I'm so honored. Oh, well, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And it sounds like you've had some incredible women on your show too. So I'll, I'll definitely give it a listen. Oh, that would be fantastic. I'd love your feedback if, um, if you have a second, but, uh, yeah. So, and we got lucky. I only had one person walk in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's, I, was Im- the dickens out of her. I was imagining <laughs> just like a one, you know, like a doored bathroom, not like a stall. So yeah, I'm there's, there's two or three stalls in here. Yeah. <laughs> So I really appreciate having you on and um, I'll follow up with you afterwards and we can go over the details and stuff. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. And thank you thank so much you. for reaching out. I'm so sorry about all the logistical stuff. It's always, no, like, love, always a challenge. It's part of the process. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Have a good day. Yeah. You too. Bye. Bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. For more inspiration, check out our links. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.